of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dearly beloved in Christ, this morning we do rejoice, and we rejoice in the mystery of that invocation, and the mystery of our faith, the triunity of God. That God is three persons in one divine being, and one divine being in three persons, neither confusing the persons or dividing the being. And so it is that that mystery really is already revealed to us in the first sentence of the Word of God found in the first chapter of Genesis, our Old Testament reading for this morning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the word for God, Elohim, is a plural, and yet there is but one God. The Spirit of God, whom we know as the Holy Spirit, is there too in that creation, hovering like a mother hen over the face of the deep. And the Word is there too, as God speaks, and it is so. St. John identifies this word as the eternal, only begotten Son of the Father. And so we say that the entire work of creation is from the Father through the Son by the Word, by the Holy Spirit. Most likely, you and I, we do need to come before the grace and altar of God and repent. Far too often we have forgotten this portion of Scripture and held to it as the foundation of what we believe, teach, and confess. Far too often we've let the world outside these four walls dictate to us what we should believe, and we've forgotten the firm foundation that this is God's holy word. Let it be God's holy word. We like to mess around with it. We like to move it around, push it around, and we like to try to bend it to our will and to suit our needs. And the world encourages us to do that, and so much so that we're so smart that we too have now started to, from time to time, raise concerns about the validity of God's Word. And maybe not so much questioning it, but in our practices. And we fudge things, and we let things slide, and we let things go. We need to remember that God's creation can be likened to a symphony. Now, I know that not everybody loves the symphony, but if you've given the symphony a chance to listen to the intricacy and the melodies and the harmonies that are there, God's creation is a symphony concert. Each creative day in creation is a daily liturgy for prayer and praise, reminding us that no matter where we look in this marvelous and intricate creation, we are seeing the work of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And more, last of all, in the grand hierarchy, man, uniquely, in the image of God. And lest we forget that image is the understanding of holy, without sin. 
So if God is the conductor of creation's symphony, then man is the concert master. Again, the triune mystery as God speaks to himself, let us make man in our image. And so like the persons of the Trinity, man is made for relationship. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them to be fruitful. And it was very good. And we get to the culmination of all of God's creation on the seventh day where God rested. The endless day. The day with no morning, no evening. It is God's reminder for his children that we live by faith and not by our works. Faith rests in God and enjoys the fruits of our labors and of God's. We rest by faith in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. St. Augustine said, Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in Thee. And so it is that each creative day reflects the creative work of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Each work reflects the love of the Father. It reflects the wisdom of the Son and the life of the Spirit. Everywhere that you look and listen, there is a worship of the triune God, the liturgy of the creation. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of His hands, as do sea and dry lands, Plants, sun, moon, and stars, fish and birds, animals and man. A chorus of praise. That's harmony. Let's probably give ourselves an example of harmony. Sharon, can you, on the piano, give us a harmonic chord? See? Beautiful. Now, can you give us an embellished or non-harmonic chord? Oh, see? Now there's a difference. Harmonic once again. Therein is the chorus of praise of God's creation. Our sin destroys the harmony and the rhythm of creation. And one last time, embellished. The whole creation feels it and groans down to the smallest living creature. It is the foreign alien word, the lie to Eve and to Adam. God is not true. You can be like God. You know better than God. You know more than God. God's word is archaic and old and, well, it doesn't suit this century anymore, or the way of the world. You see, we see now the effects, the destruction, the devastation, the decay, death. The earthquakes, the whirlwinds are the groanings of the creation waiting for our redemption, for the new creation, for our resurrection. 
And we see the effects, therefore, then in our own lives. The brokenness, the hurt, the diseases, the suffering, the killing. But lest we forget that the Father loves His creation. And He hates nothing He created. So much so that He loves and shows His love for the cosmos by sending now His eternal Son, the Word, into our flesh. Jesus Christ came to embrace the world, to shed His blood on a cross, to die and to rise, and in dying and rising, to rescue all that He made from decay and destruction. This is the triune God's second great work, redemption. He redeemed what He created. We often tend to talk in phrases like, we should save the earth. We didn't create it. We can't save it. We can certainly take care of it, as we are called to do as part of God's word to us, to be stewards of its resources, but we can't save it. Jesus Christ has by his dying and rising. He has brought the new creation by water and spirit in the water and word of holy baptism. He has poured out his spirit on the face of this dying earth by the proclamation of the gospel, the good news of his atoning death and life in his resurrection. It is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone who holds all authority in heaven and on earth. He received it from the Father from all eternity. The Son of God in human flesh is the one who reigns over all his creation, having already redeemed it by his blood. In other words, he's the one in charge. With his authority. With his authority, he authorized now his church to make disciples. I know that so often in our Bibles, we've got that passage and that heading that says the Great Commission. That's really a late understanding and sort of man-made invention. Luther doesn't talk about the Great Commission. and the Church fathers certainly don't talk about the Great Commission. Christ by his authority, authorizes now his church to make disciples of all nations, as many as he died for, every one without exception. And disciples are made by baptizing and teaching. Holy ministry is established in this chapter. Baptizing in the triune name, the fullness now of God's self-revelation, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching the fullness of what Christ has entrusted to his church. And so in this disciple-making, we remember that Jesus Christ is present, using the word and the sacraments. Lo, I am with you always. This is the third work now of the triune God sanctification, to make holy by water and the word. The new creation has already come in Jesus Christ, 
and a new first day, a day of light and life, the resurrection of Jesus and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit tell us that even as the old is passing away, even as we ourselves die, a new creation has already dawned. Dawned with the open, empty tomb and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That is why the church worships on Sunday. It's New Creation Day. The first day of an eternity in Christ of which you already participate through your holy baptism. Your life is already hidden in Christ, with Christ, in God. You already live in the tri tri love of God. You live in the Trinitarian work of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as a sinner justified for Jesus' sake, baptized in the name. Luther's small catechism teaches us to invoke, to call down the triune name every morning when we arise and every evening before we go to sleep. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, every morning we consecrate our work day in the name of God who made the heavens and the earth. And then, every evening, we offer up that day's work as a living sacrifice to the God who redeemed us and all creation with the blood of His Son. You have been walking at Riverbend for 50-plus years So here in this congregation, you do the same, recalling the years of discipling the nations, of baptizing and teaching under the grace of God. Such a privilege it is to confess the name, to worship the name, to glorify the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com Call us at 780-430-7382 or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.